Someone tried to summon their Tesla via autopilot and it crashed into a serious shit. <laughs> because that's because I don't know what is that. That's because uh, to a Tesla, a Vision Jet looks like the side of an eighteen wheeler. I don't know. That's a really bad joke. <laughs> that that was this <laughs> right? Wasn't that why one of the Teslas crashed? We shouldn't make jokes with this. Some people have died, and I don't mean to yeah, make light I, of I that. Don't, I don't. Right. I don't understand. You know the whole Tesla autopilot thing, but that's but, another topic. But the but the Tesla autopilot has it has uh, has these unfortunate episodes where. It, uh, we're, we've started, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed. Yes, this. We, we've, we've started. Yeah, yes. yeah we've started. Uh, the Tesla has the unfortunate habit of occasionally thinking that there's clear road in front of them when, in fact, it's an 18 wheeler or a vision jet, apparently. Uh, what is that what happened? Uh, so uh, who put this on this list? Jeb put this on the list. Yeah, it's 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 a Reddit link. I mean, you know. Yeah. But um, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. You just buried the lead. Why? You put an item on the list that's a Reddit link, which means that you are looking at Reddit all on your own. I'm, uh, I'm next to positive it was a link from Twitter. Oh, oh, a Reddit link from Twitter. All right, so it's doubly redirected. All right, okay. Yeah. Uh, someone tried to summon their Tesla via autopilot, and it crashed into a vision jet. So how does this work? You can basically whistle, and your Tesla will come and get you? Is that well, apparently not. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Um, but, uh, um, yeah. I don't yeah. know. There must be a, another button, you know, on, on you know, an orange button on the on the key fob, and uh, I think I've actually read about this, right? And your Tesla theoretically, I theoretically, think it comes. You know, you can put it in a parking. This is what I understand. Tesla owners, uh, a, I apologize in advance because the next few minutes might be painful. Um, oh no! B, yeah. uh, it will um, be painful for us when they start hauling. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Burnside, uh, B U R N S I D. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. My understanding of the capability is if you're in a large parking lot, you can push a button on your on your phone or something, and I, it, it will the car will come find you. So it's sort of like a well, a, it's what? a homing device. But honestly, yeah. there's a bunch of cars that do that. Haven't you seen the commercial for? I think it's a it a, 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 it's a Kia or I don't know. Okay, and they they have the whole deal. Where he says the car parks itself. <laughs> and the guy gets out, and the mirrors go in, right. and it parks oh, okay. into the parking spot. But it's the same technology. It's 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 you know, it just <laughs> doesn't see here. well. We're doing Boston <laughs> accent jokes here. That's, yeah. that's what we've come to here, right? All right. Which episode is this again? Which number? I don't know. Oh, us right here. Yeah, uh, I believe it's ten forty eight. Yeah, you're looking at something else that is confusing, but don't worry. Don't I, I was in 1049, and y'all kept me up all night. Yeah, wait a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no. Okay. Uh, is there anything in 1049? Let's see. No, it's empty still. No, it should be. Yeah, okay. Um, Amy, you have an electric vehicle. Can you push a button? And you have an electric bicycle. I love your. Uh, yeah, that's that's different. No, I have I have an old hybrid. But thank you very much, my sister does have yeah. a Tesla and okay. it will back out of the garage for her. It will not, however, notice whether the garage door is open or not. These are details <laughs> that have been left to the sentient individual. The, the, you know, the truth is the occasional human has had that problem as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, fair in all fairness, right? You expect in all fairness, to they've, they've hit their own airplane too. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That too. I did it. Well, I did. I pushed an airplane into a car one time. So yeah, that's, uh, you know, we all make mistakes. Um, 
but uh, anyways, see, now you completely changed the subject. I wanted to talk about your, your electric bike. I love your electric bicycle. Do you still have it? Do you still ride that? I do. Of course I do. It's a super pedestrian. It's magical. I guys have Jeb and Dave, have you ever ridden one of these, these uh, 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 electric bicycle? You know, it's electric assisted, I guess would be a way to say it. It's a pedal assist. Yes. It's called pedal assist. Strictly. It is a hybrid, right? Because you both pedal and, and it will, and it will occasionally help you with, it's like, it's like you're, Ten, you're, you're, you have superpowers, all right? You're, you're riding the bike and you have an understand. If you've ridden bikes all your life, you have an understanding, you have a sense of how much pedal power energy it takes, effort it takes to ride the bicycle. And so you get on this thing and it's just magical. It's just the slightest press of the pedals and the bicycle zooms. It's very, very cool. I, I got to ride it one time when I visited down there and uh, yeah, it's very neat. But it, but um, it, it, it is differentiated from an e-bike because it has no throttle and it right. will give you nothing if you don't give it something. So you have to pedal. Yeah. As I understand it, that's regulatory too, right? Uh, it turns it into a motorcycle and it's a whole different thing. That's what I've, I've talked to some of the e-bike, if you will, people up here about this from time to time. And they say that pedals are the magic thing that make it not fall into the wrong motor vehicle category or something like that. And uh, so I don't know if that's the way it is in Florida. Florida is a wild, the wild west anyway. So who the heck knows what the rules uh, are? Yeah, we are um, definitely the wild west. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, all right. So Gordon, when you need him. All right. So anyways, keep your, keep, keep those Teslas away from my vision. Vision jet is the lesson to be learned here. Correct. Uh, Yeah. I like the the part. The other part I like about is the Tesla didn't stop. It just kept going. Nobody told it to stop. Just spun the vision jet around. You'd think, you know, I'd feel some resistance or something. Maybe it was it was maybe it was a jealousy thing, you know. Maybe it wasn't that, that it didn't see it. Maybe it saw it very well. Wouldn't it be uh, ironic it, if, if the jet? Well, was, you know, the guy from alive? Google says AI is alive. Yeah, hang on. I'm sorry, Jeb. You got stepped on. Wouldn't it be ironic if what? Wouldn't it be ironic if the jet belonged to the Tesla owner? Well, <laughs> I don't. That wouldn't be ironic. That would be justice. But okay. Uh, um, anyways, anyway. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson coming to you from beautiful downtown uh, Dover, New Hampshire, uh, where it's just, well, you know, I was going to, it is beautiful. It is definitely beautiful, but we're all kind of wondering what happened to summer um, because it's not as hot and humid as it often is this time of year up here. Um, bite, it's it's bite like very your freaking yeah. time. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I know. I, I was going to say, bite my shiny metal. Hey. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> There are there are many many times of year when I can't give when, when you Florida people will give give us grief up here in New England about well, weather. Um, I, when 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 we have the superior weather or the preferable weather, I'm going to make the make the most out of it. I'm here in our virtual hangar talking to two, three, three. It's a big crowd. Three of, our, of my very very good friends. Uh, last episode it was just Jeb and me. This time we've got like you know standing room only, almost not really. Um, let's see now what do we got here. Dave's back. Hi David from uh, the air capital of the world, Wichita, Kansas. This is Dave Higdon. Hi, David. Hi, guys. Hey, Hi. Amy. Okay, yeah, we'll see. Jack. All right. Yeah. What's up, David? How you doing? What's going on out there? Is it, is it hot? Is it summer in Wichita? Uh, yeah. Uh, right now, I'm looking at the uh, latest 89 degrees Fahrenheit. Humidity is 70, 70 I'm sorry, 93%. Uh we're working up to a, an evening of thunderstorms. So. Yeah, well, that happens all over. Um, well, we had we had them last night and uh-huh. yesterday afternoon, 
in the morning two days before. So I think they're trying to catch up with something, and I'm not sure whether it's just rainfall or giving the TV weatherman something to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Uh, also uh, here in my in our virtual hangar is uh, from uh, from uh, somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, is Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. How are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah. Um, getting into the, the groove of summer of 2022 and uh, best, yeah. we can do, best we can do right now. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. How's uh, the gator farm? Present. Uh, I got a, I have five and a half, six footer out there every now and then. Oh, I thought you um, were going to say you had five and a half gators. No. no okay. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I did. No, go ahead. Yeah. No. No. no I was going to say. No, no, no. I, I've no. always wondered about this. How do you measure a gator from nose to tip of the tail? You let someone f- else do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Straight line. But, you, now that there's, you can pay me later. Supposedly, there's this this metric. Yeah. That the distance between the nose. And the eyes, if you multiply that by, uh, I guess, 12, you get the what? number. You know, six inches, you get six feet. All right. Hang on. Right. Let's talk to the real Florida resident. Also here in our uh, virtual hangar from uh, somewhere near Fort Myers, Florida, is Amy Lobota. Hi, Amy. Hi. It's good to good to be back in the hangar, to see guys. Yeah, you sort of see us. It's symbolically we see each other. <laughs> yeah. Some podcasts. I, I see names on a screen. That's right. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, some podcasts record with the video assist so that uh, they can see each other, but uh, we're all way too uh, vain not, to do that. You, you, you don't you want to you don't want to pedal too hard because then you start to see more of the person you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They may not like the way they're dressed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, uh, I much gonna... prefer vo- vo- the audio only. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my my camera is physically un- is physically disconnected from anything, so. It, it can't take a picture of me sitting at my computer. In my case, yeah. And that's, I have, the, I, that's the way I like it. Yeah, I have a little piece of blue painter's tape right, over right. every camera in this room um, right. because, because you know, Zuckerberg's out there and I'm, I don't trust him. Yeah. Um, Amy, what's going on? How are you doing? You just got back from uh, – you're like quite the world traveler these days. I did. I, I actually um, jumped off the planet, sort of. I, I have a good friend who is a Swiss citizen, and I followed her to Switzerland for a couple weeks as she was um, touching base with a bunch of people and doing some logistics work. And and it was fabulous to be a fly on the wall and do a deep dive into how cheese gets made. Believe it or Ser- not. Seriously. I, I can't make this up. It's the truth. I know everything about Alpen cheeses now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you obviously don't know that the last episode, the title of the previous episode of this podcast was Too Much Cheese. And uh, so. Oh, I do know. I listened to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. It made uh, me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Amy, I believe you are, well, no, you're not a lifelong Florida resident, but you are a many decades long Florida resident. All right. And so I need to know, is there an official way to measure a gator? How do you measure a gator? Yeah, you really do get the other guy to do it. Jeb is not wrong on this, but there is, there is a metric. If you can get a sense when you're looking at them and they're in the pond, all you yeah. see is their snout to their eyeballs. I understand. Yeah. Depending on how much distance there is there, you can get a pretty good idea of whether that is a three-footer, a four-footer, a right. five-footer, or a, I really need to have this thing removed footer. 
I, okay. I, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I get that part completely. But, but my, but my underlying question is when someone says it's a five foot gator and we're talking about mm-hmm. official measurements, not Burnside measurements here. Snout to tip of the tail. It is yeah. tip of the tail. Okay. That's what I was yeah. wondering. I wasn't sure if it was snout to like, you know, the rear hindquarters or something like that, you know, the base yeah. of the tail. Yeah. Okay. So it's snout. So you basically, you're, you're, you're going for the biggest number you possibly can for the shock value of it all. Well, like, yeah. And anymore, it's not the gators. It's the, you know, the boa constrictors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, huh? Florida's. There, yeah. there were bears around Naples. There's bears around Naples. Not were that's a that's no, no, an active there, situation. But I mean, there was aren't... video of a bear uh, on the <laughs> on the bear. driveway. Yeah, I'm black sorry. Bear. What's the big? Aren't bears native to Florida? Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, it's the boa and constrictors. These, yeah, yeah, the boa constrictors are a real problem because they actually eat gators. They eat everything. Yeah, they, yeah. they are. Yeah. Foreign and, creatures, foreign creatures that are invading Florida, boa constrictors, burnsides, other things. Right? <laughs> well, you can make money getting rid of the boa constrictors. I bet you could make money getting yeah, rid of burnside you know, too. It depends right? on how you do it. You can make money getting rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Airplanes, airplanes. What's going on here? Um so, uh, so there for for a few years now, there's been this big foufra about whether 5G cell phone service is going to interfere with various aspects of aircraft avionics. And without going, well, maybe we'll need to, but let's not necessarily go into the question of whether or not 5G is bad or harmful or whatever. Um, didn't the deadline come and go for when the phone people were allowed to turn on 5G or did it get extended? Who knows something about this? There was yes. an article. There was an article in AvWeb a couple of days ago. Yeah. So someone told me the the point here is that I saw an article about two weeks ago ish or something like that, reminding us that the deadline was arrived. The agreed upon delay date was about to arrive, and that the phone companies were going to be allowed to to turn up the volume, so to speak, turn up the radio power or whatever yeah. on five G. But then somebody else told me recently that 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 an extension was agreed to, and that the full power five G was going to be delayed a little bit longer. The, I guess nobody sounds like nobody knows anything no, about this. No, your your second your second thought was is correct is my understanding. Yeah. It, it, it the, the deadline did come and go. Um at the same time both sides airline or airline FAA versus FCT uh, wireless types let's put it that way. Um has basically made some tweaks and they've agreed to move forward on on both sides are taking on some things. I've seen recently today, to yesterday, where um, the FAA wanted all of the uh, in-use uh, radar altimeters that were problematic to be replaced by the end of this calendar year. Whoa. That's, that's part of it. And these are all um, mainly, um, as I understand it, Embraer regional jets. But there, hmm, might, be okay. some, there might be some candidates yeah. involved in there, too. I don't know. Yeah. David, you said, whoa, why'd you say, whoa? Well, the whole idea that uh, they were letting this thing go forward while they still had questions and a class and category of uh, business aircraft that are using the equipment that uh, seems to be the heart of the problem. Yeah. And it's like, we, we go back and forth with the FAA. We chastise them for taking forever and then we chastise them for when they do something because he should have taken forever. Okay. 
Well, there's some truth to that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Amy, do you have any thoughts on 5G? I, I, so Amy, I, I, I hope I'm not speaking out of school, but um, you at one point told me that you were optimistically, hopefully looking forward to 5G being available in your neighborhood. Has that happened? Uh, no, okay. it has not happened. And in the meantime, uh, Elon Musk sent me an invitation to join Starlink and I took him up on it. Oh, really? So, sure. Yeah. Yes. Do you have it now? Are, Is it set up? We are connecting through Starlink as we speak. And Excellent. Yeah. it is 10 times the bandwidth that I had with the LTE system right. from mm-hmm. Verizon. Yeah, well, you had an awkward situation to begin with, so um, many things would be better. But I've actually heard good things about Starlink. Um, our, our good friend Will Hawkins um, is uh, is uh, lives up in the, in the not Seattle, but Seattle-ish, the Pacific Northwest there, in the middle of nowhere, and he got Starlink a while back and likes it. Says it's working well for him. So I uh, can tell I can tell you that it doesn't cost ten times what the LTE cost. So I have 10 times the bandwidth, both up and down, and I'm not paying 10 times the cost, but I am paying more. And uh, I would have loved it if T-Mobile had got their act together and offered 5G home internet uh, here. But we're in in a not urban, not rural situation. So we really couldn't get anything else. And so we were very much pushed to either go with this uh, solution, the cellular solution, a Viasat, which is ridiculous. I don't know why anybody would pay for that if they could get Starlink. Um, And then the Starlink. Now, the downside is my neighbor took a lightning hit with his the other day. And he is having trouble getting support to get him a new dish huh. and a new router. Wow. Hmm. Did the, well, I'm sorry, did, did, did the dish get struck or just his electrical system got struck and it zapped the gear? I can't answer that question because oh, okay. I right. don't think he knows. I don't yeah, think okay. he really knows. His dish doesn't have a perceptible hole in it or a smoke. There's no smoking gun, <laughs> so to speak. You would yeah. think. I mean, I can see it when I walk by it. So you would think I would be able to see if it actually. I heard the the bang in the neighborhood, and yeah. you know, you're you're sitting in your armchair going, "Huh, that uh, was, wasn't us." So I wonder that was if nearby. it was. Yeah. Right, yeah. 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 Okay. Jeff well, knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Do- yep, dodged yep. another one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, we get that occasionally up here in New England too. So yeah, and I'm sure Kansas is no different. Um, hell, everybody's getting uh, big thunderstorms in in California these days, which is truly oh, unheard yeah. of. But uh, um, anyways, let's go back to 5G for just a second here, just see if we can. Cl- sure. So 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 the answer is we don't know. The answer is it's kind of not. It's still no. up in the. Uh, it's. Still, I just. I just looked on Avweb, searched five G, and there wasn't. There wasn't word anything yeah. coming back. At me, okay. So I don't know what's going on. It's most. I mean, I continue to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that this is really not a GA thing because there aren't many, if any. I'm sorry. Well, it's, I it's, shouldn't say GA. Not. No. I'm, I'm not GA. Uh, per, personal airplane. Um, it's, it's not really a piston GA thing. Yeah. There you, there go. you go. That would there be accurate. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, maybe we'll learn something more about this and report later on. Um, what else? Um, so the Oshkosh uh, Notum is out uh, and, uh, and that's always a, a great sign of uh, a time of year. You know, it's kind of like when the first, when the first 
when the first robins appear in the spring and and you know we should there's there's probably something poetic i could come up with about the you know different first things that sign that signal the beginning of a new you know time of year and and anyways one of them is the oshkosh which is not no longer called the oshkosh notum by the way it's now been renamed um and i don't have it in front of me but i believe it's been renamed to call be called the osh um the oshkosh not notice um, it's, it's all part and parcel of the fact that they've changed the name that notums are no longer notums. Um, right. And, uh, um, the, oh, 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 please. okay. Look it up. I, I, <laughs> no, I, I, no, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, notums, notums are no longer notices to airmen, They're right. Not- okay, notices making- to air missions. Yeah. Right. And it's obvious yeah. why that's the case. Yeah. Um, the, uh, there's two things, two different things going on here. I think this story talks about new guidance to airports on how, yeah, on how they, well, uh, how they issue notams. Yes. Okay. The, the, the story now, is not necessarily, but, I was using the, uh, yeah, the Oshkosh yeah. thing as a way of sliding yeah, into but, the but, story. But, but you, you, Nate, you, you said that, that the Oshkosh formerly called, formerly known as a notum, uh, has a new name, but you're not sure what it is. Hang on a second. Well, no, I just and I just put a link in chat. Um, okay, and that's better. Um, and uh, EAA now calls it um, the Oshkosh 22 Notice, is what it's now called. Okay. Um, and uh, now, any, does anybody know why they're doing it this way? Why they're it, changing? Because they're name? trying to get rid of the rid of the word airman. Is my guess. Which FAA, I, I don't. Maybe. The FAA has already done that for Which us. Which I don't disapprove uh, with. I don't disapprove of. Yeah, um, but, yeah I don't. But, I don't disapprove. But the FAA has already done that for us. It's changed. I ag- I agree with you, Jeb. Uh, it seems like yeah. Well, anyhow, anything I would say would be would be bleeped out. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why should that stop you? Yeah, right. I know. It's like. Yeah, well, you know, David has David has 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 gentle ears, so you need to be be kind. Uh, yeah, I will be kind. I will be kind, but it's silly. You, you call it what it is. It is the diagram that tells people how to proceed if they want to land yeah. at it's, the it's, airfield during or just before or just after the right. show. It's, it's the no- Bible if you're going to fly into the fly-in, okay? Yeah. So, but yeah. it's no longer a no- notice to airmen. It's a notice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's still a no-tam, man. <laughs> no, it's no-tam. I've told this story before. I, 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 I oh, never mind. I'm sorry. I'm going to... <laughs> I've told the story before of how I got in trouble with my EAA chapter because I wanted to change the name of our newsletter. All right. Uh, I, I was in, I was, I was at very active in an EAA chapter one time and the name of the newsletter very, very innocently. It's just the way it was. And I understand, but the name of long time name of the newsletter was the uh, intrepid aviator. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, correction. I'm sorry. It was the intrepid airman. That was the uh-huh. name of the newsletter. Okay. Okay. All right. And it had been that way for years. All right. And I don't criticize anybody except that I, I stood up in a meeting and said, you know what? We should maybe fix this. All right. Because, you know, words matter and we need to make it better. All right. And I said, it's an easy, easy fix. Let's change the name of the newsletter to the intrepid aviator instead of the intrepid airman. 
Okay. And you would think that I just, oh gosh, I don't know what you'd think. All right. Mm -hmm. I was shouted down. I was accused of things. I was, holy moly. That was 25 years ago. So I don't know. I mean, but still. You know, you'd be uh, hung around. Yeah, well, and they're, they're still arguing about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> they are. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm in some ways sympathetic with FAA's desire to phase out the word airman here. But I, okay. So, anyways, um, anyways, the, all this is all by way of saying that there was this news story from uh, from what is it, Abweb, um, recently. But FAA clarifies the function and purpose of notums. By the way, is what they say in the story. Is that what FAA said? Um, so clearly, they're still using the term too. Um, Jeb, you began to summarize this article. What's this article? Yeah, it's 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 about. Um, a new set of NOTAM issuing guidelines for airports. Okay. Why they should issue NOTAMs. It really oh, doesn't I- have a whole lot of daily application to the, the rank and file pilot. Okay. Did I, did I read something that it has something to do with not having like, I don't know, not frivolous exactly, but, but, but kind of trying to focus a little bit what these things cover. And, and there's also talk. I about hope having, so. I, I sincerely hope so. I didn't, I haven't read the meat of the article. Yeah, and I think I saw it. something somewhere that also talked about having them expire and disappear more promptly is uh, because I guess maybe the system gets clogged. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Uh, well, well, it's that, not just that, but if they put out a NOTAM that the runway is closed for painting stripes on it, and then they never yeah. would, they never, it never expires. You yeah, have to call right. the airport just to find out if the runway reopened, which it did six months ago. Yeah. yeah well, that's bad, but don't, don't NOTAMs by default have an end time as well as a start time. Or, or are there many? Are, are there lots of notums that have? I shouldn't. Well, maybe I should know the answer to this. Are there many notums that are just open ended? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, it'll say you know effective such and such a day and time, a UFN until further notice. Until further yep. notice. All right. Yep. So when tower lights go out, for instance, and they and they want to fix them, but they don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and, but now, or, 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 when, do, or when you see the dollar sign in the ATIS uh, code, right, right. But do mere mortals get to submit notums, or, or do they have to be be submitted by, like, you know, the airport manager or the tower staff or something like that? There uh, are there are certified, I won't say certified, but approved um, entities that can that can automatically generate a notum. Okay. Or, or like, not automatically, but autonomously generate okay. a um, Pilots, rank, rank and file pilots, can generate a NOTAM by filing a pilot report or contacting flight service or raising hell with ATC or whatever they want to do. Right. Uh, a NOTAM, if it's, you know, an obvi- obvious problem and the pilot's not delusional, um, they will issue a NOTAM. Okay, but it's not automatic. You, you submit a pilot automatic, report, no. and it and it yeah. becomes a proposed. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Sometimes, yeah, but but generally speaking, there's a mere mortal somewhere in the process, right. which is why they can be messed up a lot of the time. Well, but of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, either that or, or the test autopilot is taking care of it, which <laughs> which no joke is we, probably closer than we think. All right, you know. Uh, <laughs> One more uh, time, invented by a mere mortal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's but, a coder no somewhere. Yeah. But 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 evolved be above and beyond uh, the uh, the uh, uh, expected. Anyways, don't get me started, David. What do you think oh. about notums? Are notums uh, <laughs> are notums still useful? 
Yeah, how we get access to them has changed more than their usefulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, once upon a time, you had to go to a flight service station. Yeah, right. Leaf through the paperwork. and Yeah. Now you can find almost all of it on somebody's website. And, and maybe I, I, even maybe even an outfit with uh, aviation in its initials uh, to kind of draw in the crowd. Yeah, yeah, and that and and that probably is what has led us to having too many of them be a problem because now you can access them all. Um, and uh, anyways, all right, well, okay, it's a brave new world. Notums are uh, the FAA clarifies the function and purpose of notums. And I can tell you in the process. Yeah, yeah right. really. I can tell you that my flight planning app, when I go into it, uh, if I'm reading the notams. I've spent more time reading the NOTAMs than what it took me to figure out whether the weather is going to be good. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, and- I, yeah, I did a flight just last week, and, and the weather was per- there wasn't any problem gonna, going to be any problems with the weather. The weather was fine. Skipped past the weather and started looking at NOTAMs. And I, you know, I looked a lot longer at the NOTAM section for my destination. It wasn't, I wasn't going that far, so I didn't really have to look at any stuff. Uh, for my destination and, and everything around, and that took ten minutes. And and do you think Jeb that that was useful, or did that just? Oh, absolutely, just... it was useful. Not only useful, but it's kind of sort of required. Well, it is required, but I'm saying, is it more than just required? Was it actually useful to? Oh, you? absolutely. There's yeah. you know, okay. Um, it confirmed that you know there weren't any really systemic issues out there for me. Mm-hmm. It confirmed that all the airports. Um, with which I'm familiar and would could conceivably use were open, um, for example. Um, so things like that. It was absolutely useful. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Amy, what is Ops Group? You called our attention to something called Ops Group. Ooh, which, you guys got to click on the link because well, it's, really, it's okay. a really interesting and, group. Now, wait a minute. Well, I, I have to tell you that I have – I just now for the first time clicked on the link, and I'm not 100% sure that I haven't been Rickrolled here. What have you done to me, Amy? Tell me what I'm looking at. Oh, well, you have to scroll below the sock puppet, okay? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for making it clear that I'm not just losing my mind here. All right. <laughs> I'm scrolling below the art of threat-based briefing. By Rebecca yeah. Lafayette or Log, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I apologize. Um, That's okay. Which is actually a very good um, piece by an airline captain, um, and she's yeah, really true. talking about the threats that you might encounter, say, on your descent briefing, yeah. on your approach briefing. How do you? look at and if you scroll down she's got a a card that you can actually print that that you can pop out and print that talks about discussing with yourself what are we about to go through here is there a mountain is there what's the terrain um is the glide slope typical uh are there obstacles very similar to what we were just talking about with mm-hmm. notams quite frankly information mm-hmm. that we need to know as we're shooting this approach, um, have they have they changed things? Do we have alternate minimums? Um, weather, all that stuff comes into play. And she's talking about being in the right mindset to think about that as you're 
getting to that phase of flight. So for each Mm -hmm. phase of flight, you've got standard operating procedures based on the phase of flight, correct? Even Mm -hmm. if you're a GA pilot. And she's talking about what are your SOPs and are they based on what what could bite me in the butt? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really what the story's about. What's interesting about ops group is you don't just get that kind of information, and these yeah. are all volunteers, but you also get crowd-based, which means sophisticated crowd-based because they're all pilots, and a mm-hmm. lot of them are international pilots, um, uh, information about what's going on at airports around the world and in airspace around the world in real time. Yeah. Okay. So people yeah. are texting back kind of like a ways for pilots. Interesting. Oh, okay. That's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. I've not been familiar with this. I'm just now scrolling through the front page here of all the different stories. So it, it's it primarily or totally aviation related or is it? It's oh yeah. Aviation. It's totally yeah. aviation. It's aviation. All these stories. Um, yeah. They, yeah. Okay. Um, this cool. story that you, you, this article that you linked to Amy, I do this for a living, and this mm-hmm. is one of the one of the better stories I've read lately. Better articles yeah. I've read lately. Okay? Yeah, just saying, just saying. Thank yeah, you. cool. There's a bunch of things here that look interesting. Let's take, take a close. It is, and that's just what we can see without being members. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Ops group, um, and it's actually a funny u- URL. It, it's ops dot group is the do- top level domain. Ops dot and I happen to be going to slash blog. I don't know what happened if you just went to ops group here. Uh, let me see what happens if you just go to ops group here. Ops group. Uh, oh, and it, it redirects you to something called story, which is just sort of an about page for this website, I imagine. Um, and you can then click through the blog or you can go straight to blog. That's very interesting, Amy. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. Uh, let's see now. Uh, has this happened yet? The, has, has President Biden actually nominated this guy to be the administrator? Are we still waiting on this? This is a story. So let's see what this is. An AbWeb story that is dated. Uh, uh, oh, it's dated like two weeks ago. Biden expected to nominate Philip Washington for FAA administrator. Um, mm-hmm. Is this still in the in in pending, or what do you know, Jeb? This seems like it would be your beat. I don't know. Yeah, he's been discussed, but I don't think he's been formally nominated. Okay. Um, um, I don't. Yeah, there's a June 9 story. Yeah, I have web. Uh, Biden expected to nominate Phil Washington, Philip Washington. Um, but I don't see anything newer than that. So it's still, oh, you, you know, right, I was just about TBD. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. Well, I, 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 yeah, maybe something Biden's I, I got just his hands see. full right now on a bunch yeah, of things. It's, so, it's, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, do do uh, anyone here know? I don't. Does anyone know who Philip Washington is? No. Okay. Well, the I guess name, the name rings a bell, but I can't picture the bell ringing. He was a CEO apparently at Denver International Airport. Yeah. Or is a CEO there? I don't. I don't. He apparently he was also uh, um, in transportation in, in L.A. Yeah. Apparently he was. Uh... Los Angeles Metro. The, the, the Los Angeles Metro, which I think of being the mass transit out there. But it is, yeah, yeah, metropolitan transit. And likewise, yeah. Denver. So it's a real transportation guy for sure. Um, I, I haven't seen in, any of this, in this story or anywhere else that he's a pilot, which I haven't seen anything which like that either. would be 
not necessarily disqualifying for me, but would be concerning for me. Um, certainly wouldn't be the first administrator we've had who wasn't a pilot, but anyways. Um, okay, well, we'll, we'll find here's out. Here's his LinkedIn page. Hang on a second. Yeah. yeah. Jack, you're not, you're not alone in your concern. Um, there, is, there is a general consensus that um, – in that that pilots are not happy when the FAA administrator doesn't understand their world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. And yeah, I, I just wouldn't necessarily require it. I can imagine that there could be a good administrator who might not be a pilot. All right, but it seems like a good skill to to have in the mix just from the get go. If you ask me, it um, helps if you already speak the language when yeah. you show up at eight hundred independent. I know. Yeah, exactly. Jeb, what are you finding on LinkedIn? Anything interesting? Nothing that says he's a pilot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so I, you know, we've had we've had good and bad administrators. Good and bad uh, administrators can be both pilots and not pilots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I think it's less about him being a pilot. And I, I also think it's probably something that non-pilots would like to, I'm sorry, let me rephrase it. I think it's kind of something that pilots would like to see in the administrator being, would like to see an administrator be a non-pilot so they can gripe about not being a pilot it goes to what david i think it was david said earlier about the faa yeah Yeah. we wanted we want them to be both good and bad um yeah or or, yeah right okay all right well we'll we'll obviously be following this thing and see what's going on um amy you told us about the air you you called our attention to the air race classic what is the air race classic oh my (laughs) go ahead dave tell them david Uh, do you do you know what the air race classic is yeah Tell us. It's a air race involving uh, female flight crews, and it kind of likes to pick up on what was a traditional air race. Oh, I remember. It used to have a name that I that it, that might not be. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Tell us. This sounds cool. I'm looking at their webpage right now. What, what's the What's the core? Is it Does it go from one particular place to another particular no, place? No, it changes every changes. year. Changes. How, how, yeah. Okay. Changes uh, every year, and uh, they. Uh, I believe that they have to have a three person crew. Uh, no, that they can actually be just two. It can be just too okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there was talk about changing that, but I didn't pay enough attention. But yeah. it, uh, it it's one of those uh, uh, competitions that requires more than just firewall on the throttle and and going from point to point. It, oh, really? Okay, so it's a little oh, more yeah. rally like than just match yeah. You race like against it. your handicap time. So uh-huh, okay. you're really racing against the best time that, uh, in, in a very specific fashion. And so you need to understand the weather and you have to be very skilled at guessing. And it's a VFR only race. So you yeah. can't, can't, you might be an IFR pilot, but you'll be disqualified if you have to file. Okay. So, and so, so if 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 weather if weather comes in when you're halfway through this thing, you just have to wait. And you got to land, or you got to wait. And they all wait. They all right. wait in their various places where they end up. 
Um, this year's race is kind of interesting because yeah. they chose a a loop de loop routing starting in Lakeland tomorrow. Oh, okay. Um, I'm looking at the and, map now. It starts in Lakeland. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, and it finishes in Terre Haute, Indiana. But they take two thousand miles to get two thousand five hundred miles to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they definitely make this big circle around uh, the center of the United States. It's kind of interesting. According to this map, let's see if I can I read this. Is Lakeland, Georgia, um, Alabama, Muscle Shoals, Alabama? Oh, we got to go there someday. Oh, that's a um, great place. You know what that is? No, what is that? Is that that? Oh. What is that? That's where the recording studio where all the rock and roll artists and blues Uh, artists went to. So it's a weird airport. There's Muscle Shoals is like not a whole lot of town there, but there's this super airport there. Okay. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Pine Mm -hmm. Bluffs, Arkansas, uh, Ada, Oklahoma, uh, uh, Lawrence, Kansas, Mount Vernon, Illinois, Tullahoma, Indiana, which is very close, ironically, to Muscle Shoals. Tennessee. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ten, did I say? Oh yeah. Did, I'm. It's very small type. I'm having a hard time. Terre, Terre Haute, Indiana. Tullahoma, mm. t- Tennessee, Tennessee. Washington. In that must be Indiana. Yes. And yeah. then yeah. Terre Haute is the is the. Uh, that's an interesting route. That's an interesting route. How long does it take them typically to do? Well, according to the dates here, it's three four days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it's and it's, they're in the middle of it right now. Have you, can you give us a report? Have you heard anything? Well, no, they start tomorrow. So oh. out of Lakeland tomorrow. Okay. They've had a couple teams scratched. There's always a strong contingent of collegiate racers, and they have mm-hmm. their own division. Uh, there's cash prizes in this. Um, mm-hmm. And you never know why somebody scratches. They might have scratched because they had – a problem with the airplane. They might have scratched because they right. had a problem with crew. Um, they might have scratched because of weather. Getting to the to the uh, start point, you just don't know. Yeah, the uh, yeah the header picture that's on this particular page. I don't know if you're seeing a similar picture. Mm-hmm. It shows a shows the airplanes all lined up on the grass at the edge of the taxiway, and they all have big race car numbers applied to the they side. They do. Of the it's it looks cool. It's <laughs> very like. exciting. They started from Pagefield in Fort Myers one year, and I got to be there for it. And there were more than fifty airplanes, and they were just like to tune, to tune, to tune, lined up and going out, and there was a lot of cacophony and a lot of you know. Uh, fluff and you know uh-huh. pomp and circumstance so cool. they have a good time with it um wherever they go they are properly feted they stay in a decent hotel um and there's always volunteer organizations there to meet them and there's volunteer timekeepers and mechanics and it's exciting and and one more time each of these teams is racing against their airplane's best handicap time. So at the they're not racing against each other per se. Right. But they it. are. And you can no, win a yeah. segment or you can win the whole thing. And 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 um it it is a testament to really good piloting skills if you're a consistent uh high placer in this event. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it is very yeah. cool. Yeah. I'll have to, I want to learn more about this. I, I love the picture with the race car numbers on the side of the, of the comics. Yeah, that's that, cool. that looks cool. Um, way bigger than the tail numbers. Um, it's just like, but it's only a two digit number and uh, yeah, it looks like race cars. Um, uh, nice. 
What's next here? Um, so I put this on the on the on the list, and now I completely forget the exact context of why how I got to this in the first place. Um, as I recall, there was a story recently about um, a, a pilot landing on a particular runway, and 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 another pilot landing on the same runway relatively soon after such that the first pilot, although the first pilot had made it all the way to the end of the runway had not quite turned off yet. And, and the, and the, as I recall, the first pilot complained that the second pilot shouldn't have landed while he was on the runway. Um, and putting aside for a moment, safety issues, which could be genuine. I'm, I was wondering that there's no law, no, no regulation that says you can't, be on kind of two airplanes, active airplanes on the same runway. Is there, or is there, is there not? Does this make sense? Do you know what I'm talking about? Does, can you picture what I'm describing? How, how would you do formation takeoffs? Otherwise? Yeah. Well, if you couldn't I, do that, you can do formation takeoffs. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that. okay. That's a good point. Um, and landings. Formation, yeah. Although formation takeoffs and landings are usually pre-briefed and are coordinated between the two, hopefully coordinated between the two or, or more or more pilots. But if you have just two aircraft operating independent of each other in the pattern at a particular airport, there's no regulation. And I don't think there is. Yeah, there I, isn't. No- you couldn't do green dot landings at it's sun and fun well, in air venture. Yeah. But that's they, another special they, case. They, they have an exempt. That's an air traffic. That's an ATC control facility. Yeah. So right. That's a different, they I, have an exemption. Yeah. They can, yeah. they can shorten the, um, um, separation on the runway, v- uh, from the, I don't know what it usually is down to whatever they use it in Oshkosh. But that's the main difference that they have ATC control there. At, at your typical non-towered field, uh, there's no such rules exist because there's no tower, there's no ATC. Correct. Um, show me in Part yeah. 91 where it says two airplanes can't be on the same runway at the same time. Right. I, and I don't think it's there. David, were you about to say something? Well, I was going to point out the, uh, the, the, the common sense aspect of this question being – not all runways uh, are sighted in a way that lets the pilots on the runway see both ends at the same time. Well, that, Correct. Yeah. And that that I've seen in person and have been involved in waiting for somebody to take off that hadn't announced that he was taking off or even on the runway until he turned the throttle all the way up. And as he's climbing out over my head, <laughs> said, <laughs> saying, you know, know, such and such and such and such departing the area. And the next sound we heard was four or five radios all clapping together. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, the uh, gentleman uh, didn't exactly observe common sense thinking on some situations and had regularly taken off from the south end of the runway when there was north uh, southbound traffic taken off from the north end and they couldn't see one another. Yeah. And then they were stepping on each other's radio transmission. And uh, that is one of the reasons why I start calling my intentions when I'm 50 miles out. Hey guys, there's somebody coming in to land here. It'd be good if you guys would, you know, communicate your, position and intention because we can't freaking see you yeah yeah 
Okay. So now, and and just to be clear, all right. Um, although we're, we're we seem to be unanimously agreed that there's no regulation that says you can't have more than one airplane on the same runway at the same time. Um, but but be careful out there. All right. Uh, it's like yeah, don't, common don't, you know, sense. Yeah, safety is yeah. is 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 paramount here, and uh, um, it's probably a good rule of thumb to not operate on a runway that's got another airplane operating on it. But but if if it's totally safe and or required or whatever, maybe you know. I, anyways, you get. Use, use good judgment. Amy's exactly one hundred percent correct. Yeah. Well, and then this is one of those things where somebody used the phrase "common sense." Uh, how about radio calls that you're coming in or you're about to leave? Well, I don't make radio calls until I'm in the air. Well, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. And that's not that's not FAA policy either. Neat, exactly right. So uh, uh, I once got chastised during a biennial uh, at the uh, gentleman giving me my biennial told me I was making unnecessary radio radio calls, and I said unnecessary, unnecessary in whose book? And he says, "Well, there's no regulation that says you have to do this." I said, there's a Dave regulation that says, uh-huh. I'm going to do stuff that doesn't kill me. Yeah. And yeah. identifying that I'm about to take off or about to land from an airport uh, miles away uh, just kind of helps contribute to that flow of information that can keep us separated. Yeah. And there yeah. are rules about separation. So, um, yeah. Okay. All right. I think we've got it. I think we've got it. Um one last thing on the list here, at least I think there was. Where do we go? Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? Oh, okay. I just want to shine a light on this. There's really nothing here. To, maybe we can talk shine about this, you guys. Um, so, um, it, big, big news over the last, I don't know, year or so has to do with various places in California, particularly, but um, trying to prohibit the use of low lead, um, air, uh, Hunter oh, low lead. Yes. Um, because they claim. Um, and I, the most notable one here is Reed Hillview in San Jose, uh, claiming that uh, that the uh, use of the, the the pumping and use of low lead fuel at the airport has caused a, a, a dangerous situation um, with the environment around the airport, particularly for kids. Malarkey. Yeah, really. Um, so uh, some group of people uh, have conducted some did some paid to do some research, and this, apparently this is I'm no scientist, but apparently this is how you test lead for lead in the environment is that you take soil samples from all around the area and then you analyze the soil and it determine how much lead is in the soil and there are all sorts of standards available for how much lead is is sort of in the soil naturally versus um, allowable amounts versus common amounts versus average amounts or whatnot. Um, these tests I'm reading now from, uh, this is another AvWeb story, Santa Clara, this is uh, dated June 13, so it's about a week and a half ago. Santa Clara soil tests show low lead levels. Santa Clara County officials in California dug deeper into the leaded aviation fuel debate, hobbling their local airport, and a study found that the ground around the airport had acceptable levels of lead. Um, but apparently, the, 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 and then I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, the, uh, the report got tried, they tried to bury this report. Somebody tried to bury this report. That's right. Um, so that it wouldn't come out, um, and others managed to to make it public. Um, so you know what? Uh, yeah, 
So anyways, I just wanted to shine a light on the fact that this, this happened. All right. It's like, if in fact the airport was causing a lead, you know, an environmental lead danger, then I would be, take that very seriously. But here's a report that says pretty clearly that, that there's no elevated, um, um, lead levels around the, the airport that these folks consider to be the kind of, you know, cover I don't know what's the right word. There's a metaphor for this, but the, you know, the, 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 the poster child, poster child. Thank you for, for the idea that lead aviation fuel is horrifically awful. Um, Some so. people just got to have a bad guy to be after all the time. Well, it's not even that. I I, I used to live out in this area, and uh, when I was referring earlier to the uh, EA chapter that I I, I got shouted down at, um, it was at Reed Hillview Airport, and so I, I, I at least twenty plus years well, ago. That was you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was. Uh, so I, you know, and 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 the the county trying to kill this airport, Reed Hillview, goes back that far and beyond, um, and. And, uh, and and the, the the consensus among the aviation community, anyways, is that the motivation here has to do with wanting the land in order to develop the real estate. Well, um, but uh, I, I've been around leaded aviation fuel all my life. Um, I used to be a line boy at the local airport. I fly airplanes. I spill it all over myself sometimes. There's nothing wrong with me. me, me yeah, okay. Me, me. We saw um, that coming, didn't we? Okay. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All we, kidding aside. We do yeah. need a better source for power. There's no yes. question. No, there's, about no it. there's no question. We need an unleaded fuel. Absolutely not. Yeah, no but question. but this situation in 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 Santa Clara County, I believe it's Santa Clara County. Yeah, Santa Clara County in California um, is is torqued out of all reality. All right. Um, and, yes. Uh, and it, it's actually and it, arguably causing a safety problem at Reed Hillview because people are flying in and out of Reed Hillview without sufficient, without as much fuel as they might otherwise have had. Um, and, that's, uh, that's ridiculous. And the, the, the other problem is that they're lying. Yes. And that is egg on face. Yes. So if you're gonna if you're gonna hide the results of the study that didn't come out the way you wanted it to and doesn't support your argument, then you're a liar. And <laughs> stop. Thank you. Laboda. You know? A B O D. Yeah. No, I agree with I agree with her. I stand beside you, Amy. You're absolutely right. I agree with that completely. Um so yeah, so the um you know, there's evidence that that we kind of knew this, but there's evidence that the uh, claims yeah. about safety are are bogus and there Most. you go. Um anyways, all right. I think that's it. Anything else we want to talk about? Are we done? Fork time? Fork time. Uh Fork time. Uh, thank you, folks. Uh, uh, so so much fun, especially after we hadn't done a podcast for, for so long to get the whole gang together, a big gang together. It was a lot of fun, and we appreciate it. Amy, thank you for joining us. Uh, we, we always love it. I'm, I'm glad you're, uh, you had some time this afternoon. I uh, am, too. Thank you yeah. so much for, for uh, inviting me. You're very welcome. And we're going to try and do it more and more often these days. Amy Laboda is a – now, see, Amy, this goes back. Tell me if I've got this right still. My little notes here say Amy Laboda is a flight instructor, an assistant airplane builder, and a freelance aviation writer. Is that still an accurate description of who you are? All of those things are accurate, but I'm 
also semi-retired from all of those things, and I'm a grandma. So You're a grandma, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> full-time grandma, and I love it. There you go. I think we actually heard I, that maybe the, the sound that I heard in the background at one point. Not not in a bad way. It sounds cool. Sounds cool. Uh, Amy, are you on the internet in any way that you want people to know about? I am not. See, that's that's the beautiful part. If okay. you want to know, if you want to know, you can find me on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. Okay. What is yeah. your name on LinkedIn? Is it just your name? Amy, Amy Laboda. Laboda. Amy yeah. Laboda. Excellent. And I know you're on Twitter. Do you want to name your Twitter? Your Twitter? It's the same. <laughs> it's Amy Laboda on Twitter. Very good. And Jeb Burnside. Jeb's a freelance aviation writer and editor serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. He's also a regular contributor to other aviation publications. Online, you can find Jeb's work at aviationsafetymagazine.com. And his magazine is on Twitter as avsafetymag. You can also find his work at aea.net and abweb.com. On Twitter, he is Burnside J. Uh, and, and Dave Higdon. Dave's an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's Av Buyer magazine. You can find Dave's work online at avbuyer.com, aea.net, and on Twitter, he is Real Higdon. And I'm Jack Hodgson with a train in the background. Uh, I am a private pilot, a freelance uh, writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online in most of the usual places with the all one word username Jack Hodgson. For example, Twitter slash Jack Hodgson, YouTube Jack Hodgson, Patreon Jack Hodgson. I may even be on LinkedIn Jack Hodgson. I think I am. Uh, you can find my ebooks on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the books section, and you can sign up for the Around the Field email newsletter at aroundthefield.net. Hey, David, was there something you wanted to tell us? Uh, it almost seems impossible to recall, but uh, <laughs> time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. So live long, aviate. There you go. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. And remember, it only takes two things to fly, airspeed and money. <laughs> there you go.